Tyler Miriam joined by SDSU Director of Athletics Justin Sell, who always has that locked-in look on his face. And so uh, there's just – tell you what, when we talk about game faces, you've always got yours on. Really, Do you get that when you wake up in the morning, or is it something you have to kind of turn that switch when you leave the house? No, when it's game day, I'm ready. I mean, literally, I'm probably ready the night before, uh, and I just wake up, and, and that's really how I look. So it's your game day eve face. Yeah, it starts there, and then it carries. I mean, it's usually pretty good at holding it for about 24 hours. But then there's another game day the day after. So does it ever get respite? Well, and then that's when it gets tired, and probably uh, it looks a little stuck, maybe a little fake. But it, I can tell you everything underneath, uh, I'm feeling it. I'm ready to go. Did your mother ever tell you that not to make that face because it'll stick? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I actually don't have a really good game face. <laughs> I usually get accused of looking like Santa Claus or somebody uh, on the nicer side. So, uh, no, I, I uh, have never had a problem with my mom doing that. There's a lot worse to be compared to than Santa Claus. Yeah, and it really wasn't until I started growing this beard back around the pandemic. And then, uh, you know, I, I asked a few people close to me, do I look tough? And they said, uh, no, uh, you look like Santa Claus. But it's the traps that really make you stand out. Yeah, that's, that is true. Well, we got to get this mice problem figured out, then we'll get rid of the traps. But nevertheless, so the South Dakota State football team honoring its seniors today, and I think we start with that, Justin. I made the remark earlier. But when you look at what this group of seniors has done, they were a part of the first trip to Frisco amid the pandemic season, then leading this program to its first ever national championship, its first number one ranking, what this program has accomplished so far this year, the 2023 team. I mean, you can look back. There's been some great runs, the three straight conference championships in the early 60s under Ralph Ginn. There were some great teams in the 50s. But when you consider everything this program has accomplished and how it has been lifted in the last few years by this group, there's no question this is the greatest senior class this program has ever seen. For sure, and and uh, and I think they would give credit to some of their teammates here, especially in the last few years. They, you know, those lessons got passed on as we were learning, refining, uh, figuring out how do we take that next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, this group really uh, figured that out, embraced it, um, understood uh, the value of capturing home field in the playoffs and, you know, not having that one letdown week and some of those things that have maybe plagued us in years past. And um, I think just when you look statistically and, and, and maybe what's more impressive, Tyler, is uh, if each of these guys were kind of, um, uh, especially on offense in terms of statistically, you're spreading the ball so many different places that their statistics probably as good as they are uh, are probably um, you know uh, down just a little bit based on spreading the ball across so many people and yet they don't care they want the statistic of the win in the win column and the last thing is we're gonna I'm just gonna really try to enjoy this group uh, for as long as we have them here in the next hopefully month month and a half but um, they will leave the, an imprint that others will follow and they that are our um, teams are going to be compared to this one from this year forward. And so what an amazing honor and recognition for them in that way. And uh, tremendous people as much as they are tremendous players. Okay, let's put this senior class in some historical context and some statistical context, because that's obviously where I live with the numbers. So A lot of talk has been made lately about, well, the advantage SDSU has is it has all these fifth and sixth and seventh year guys. So let's examine a little bit some of the programs SDSU could be compared to this year at the FCS. 
34 individuals are listed as seniors on the current roster. Could be true seniors, meaning they're in their fourth year, could be fifth year, sixth year, even seventh year potentially, although the Jacks don't have anybody specifically in that category. There are 34 of those on the Jackrabbit roster. Only four of those transferred in. So the other 30 have been here from the word go. North Dakota State is actually very similar. 35 seniors on its roster, only three transferred in. Montana State has just 12 seniors. Montana just 17. Those are two teams that are likely to be seeded along with SDSU. Furman, who may very well be the number two seed when this is all said and done, in a similar position, 34 seniors. USD only has eight. Idaho only has 10. A program like Delaware, they actually have 44 seniors on their roster this year, and 19 of them have transferred in. So they have a lot of fifth and sixth year guys who they brought in from other schools. And Villanova, the other program with Delaware, they're going to play today to decide who the CAA champion is. They have 32 seniors. So SDSU has a senior-laden roster, but it's not just SDSU that has this many seniors. So it's not as if just having a bunch of guys who've been around five and six years is the answer to it. And the flip side of that, and I can't tell you how many times lately people have brought this up to me, is how seemingly unaffected the Jackrabbit football team was by the transfer portal this past year because NDSU in particular was severely hurt by a number of kids leaving, and that didn't really happen to SDSU. So the number of fifth and sixth year seniors combined with not losing anybody, it's interesting to put in, again, total context, just this group and how together they have been. Yeah, and, and really in college athletics the last three or four years, it's been hard to tell, you know, from a who's in a sophomore, junior, senior class. And I think every sport, uh, it's kind of rippled through at some point. You've had a chance to, frankly, be probably a little older than you would be in a normal uh, cycle. I do think our ability uh, f uh, to keep our kids in this program and not have them transfer out and, and the investments that are made and how good they feel about it, uh, that's one of the big reasons our numbers continue to grow without even adding no transfers. It's it's just uh, uh, the way the coaches recruit and then build up their talent. Um, I, I do find it funny. Age is one thing, but you have to have good age too. And uh, we have some phenomenal uh, student athletes that have decided to come back, decided to stick with us. And I say, you know, th that group, especially of uh, super seniors that decided to come back for one more go, I've tried to tell people they didn't come back here to finish second, you know, and that's part of that motivation. So they're not only uh, on the old Older side, they're leading, they're motivated, they're making sure we're sharp every game, and they, they aren't getting ahead of themselves. I truly feel this fall, they've enjoyed every minute of this kind of the ride and what it is, and they're just stacking up wins. And whoever you put in front of them next, they'll go play, and they want to prove they're the number one team in the country. Jim Valvano, who was most famously the North Carolina State men's basketball coach, won a national title, then made that speech that'll live on forever at the ESPYs some 20 years ago. But he had a great line in his first year when he was the head coach of Iona, which they, they told him, hey, you got all five starters coming back. He said, that's great. What was our record last year? Oh, three and 19. That doesn't necessarily equate like we're saying, but we do need to give a lot of credit to Jimmy Rogers and his staff because part of the thought process, I'm sure for you and hiring Jimmy Rogers as the next head coach was, hey, here's a guy who can keep this team together. Sounds great. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to execute it. And they certainly did that. 
Yeah, I think, uh, and it ties in similarly with wanting someone with the right values and focusing on the things that matter to us and our fan base, uh, the people that have supported us, what makes us proud. And, uh, and Jimmy has all those characteristics, but there is a continuity and the sooner you can make sure those uh, student athletes in those locker rooms know who who's coming in and what's uh, what's happening, you you kind of quelch all the extra stuff that happens and and uh, continuity. We've seen it across the board from whether it's coaches, whether it's you've got older uh, um, and we get to senior classes and some of our best classes on every sport are senior classes. You win when you're old and. Uh, uh, so that was absolutely part of it. Um, but I think uh, watching Jimmy work this last year, uh, where we look long term is we're in a really good spot. He, he and uh, all the assistant coaches, what he's put together and how they've responded has been uh, nothing short of uh, um, absolutely outstanding uh, exceeds every expectation. And I had really high ones for him. Uh, really, really proud of where they positioned us. Let's take a sidestep here a little bit, highlight a couple of other programs in the athletic department. The SDSU wrestling team officially started a week ago, but a pair of home events last night, the Dakota Showcase used two mats at Frost Arena. There'll be four on the floor tomorrow for the Datronics Open. Damian Hahn's squad, 12th in the country coming into the year. With the recent success, it just keeps coming along. The Frank J. Kurtenbach Family Wrestling Center. We talk about the expectations for Jimmy Rogers and the football program. I think the only person who has higher expectations for the wrestling program than you is head coach Damian Hahn. I would agree with that. Uh, Damian is um, very self-motivated, uh, <laughs> you know, and I think, uh, and, and you look at uh, Tanner Sloan and Clay Carlson uh, competing here next week in the All-Star Classic. Uh, to be selected for that, you have to be a top uh, person in your weight class. And so, uh, you know, he's starting to work the lineup in. Uh, you know, I think you'll start seeing some of our uh, regulars in the lineup. We'll get some work here yet this weekend, and then that will continue to grow. But he's positioned us really well. That new uh, facility, the Frank J. Kurtenbach uh, Family Wrestling Center, has been uh, amazing. I think it's lifted everybody's spirits. And, and uh, from a national recognition standpoint, you know, people are coming out to check out our program uh, maybe in a different way than they have in the past. And I don't know, we're, we're a year or two away and not really being able to sneak up on anybody. And uh, certainly those that are in the know in wrestling know what we're bringing. So uh, Damien's done an amazing job. I, I have high expectations that we're we're going to get ourselves inside that top 10 and we aren't going to leave it for a while. And how about Dan George Alice and Jackrabbit Volleyball? You talk about a year where it is as wide open as it has ever been. A four-way tie for first in the Summit is an example of that. And Dan's played half the year with half a roster, essentially, and he's mixing and matching things and cooking something else up every week just trying to get through it. Literally had two players gash each other head-to-head, -head, crashing into one another, making a play on Tuesday in the regular season finale, and suddenly has to play the rest of the match without those two. And yet here they are. They're back in the conference tournament again. They'll have their opening round contest tomorrow down in Vermilion. But they've put themselves in position. You can't dance till you get on the floor, and they're on the floor. Yeah, and, and you know, it's really been the last couple of years, and it's really closing that gap. You know, if we're losing a set, it's 25-23, 26-24. Uh, you know, we've lost a lot of five-set matches. Uh, we have a very young freshman class, and, and with transfers, a lot of new first-year players in our program. Uh, with a lot of injuries and then we have some good upperclassmen that are that are leaders and so there's a just this interesting blend 
And I think they've done a tremendous job. They were away the whole month of September because of the work on, on Frost Arena and the renovation. And so what they've been able to kind of plug away, it's uh, a record in terms of wins and losses might look one way to someone on the outside. But if you actually really dig into it, uh, I don't think there's uh, any one of those other five teams that are excited to see the Jackrabbits on the other <laughs> side because we are really dangerous. And uh, I think it bodes really well for our future, too, because uh, Keela Jefferson, a phenomenal person and student-athlete, is our only senior. And uh, this group has a chance to be uh, really good as we move down uh, the home stretch of this season and how that carries over momentum-wise to next year. All right, let's circle back and wrap this up, talking about football a little bit more. Last year, encompassing all of the regular and postseason, over 100,000 fans turned out at Dana J. Dykow Stadium. First time there's been six figures in total season attendance for South Dakota State football. This year, if the number turns in anywhere near what we anticipate it will be for today, the Jacks will eclipse the 100,000 mark just during six regular season games at Dana J. Dykow Stadium, and obviously four of those were sellouts. Yeah, it's just been uh, really neat, and I think anyone who's been in the building on a Saturday would agree it's a blast. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's just it's been fun. Our team's done a great job. Uh, the home field advantage is real; it matters, and and our guys have uh, embraced it. They've used it, and they've come out and played some really really good football at home. Uh, you know, and that's why finishing out today, getting a number one seed, and being able to know that you're going to host in Brookings as long as you continue to win, uh, we know the pattern and what it takes to be successful and, and our fans have shown up and made uh, Dana J. Dykow Stadium one of the toughest in FCS um, you know and, and it helps financially it helps in recruiting it helps with branding uh, but at the end of the day it just makes people feel so great about their school and the pride that's uh, that's here and the investments that people make in that. And then we look ahead to the playoffs, and again, South Dakota State's going to be home in the playoffs, going to be a seed if the Jacks win today. Everyone assumes they'll be the number one seed. We'll have to wait till tomorrow morning to find out for sure, of course. The FCS Selection Committee will tell us that. But you can put the bids in and make sure that if the Jacks are picked to host that they will because you have to meet that minimum bid. I guess that's the first quick note for those that don't know. You can't host unless you have a minimum bid, but as long as you have the minimum bid and you're the better seed, you will host. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the hosting challenge is usually the Thanksgiving weekend, mm -hmm. first round, and uh, you're kind of opening up bids between two schools. If you're a top eight seed, you have a minimum bid that you have to meet each round. If you do that, uh, unless you have an issue with your facility or some kind of crazy thing, uh, you will host. And so... Uh, to be in the number one position uh, assures you if you're number one or two, you're hosting until uh, Frisco. And so, um, you know, I think we put ourselves in a really good position. Uh, seven top uh, top 20 wins. Um, and really, you and I would be an eighth. They just weren't ranked when we played them. Um, you know, and so I think we're in a really, really good spot. Um, I, I would be um, pretty surprised if we're not in that uh, number one spot. But beyond the top eight seeds, everything else is a bit of a crapshoot because nothing else is seeded beyond that. There are some geographical considerations that are made, but you don't know exactly. I mean, we could sit here and we can talk about this, this, and that can happen. Anything is possible other than you know one through eight will be one through eight. If you're the one seed, your second round foe might be a team that would actually be ranked 10th or 11th even potentially, or below that potentially too. So there are some things that are beyond anybody's control at this point. 
Yeah, and, you know, we've obviously seen some good uh, Delaware and Holy Cross had some good teams. We had Southern Illinois a couple springs ago. I mean, you could have a league team. You can have someone from the East Coast. Uh, I think it'll be interesting just with how the valley and the big sky and, and from bubble to seeds – uh, you know, how they mix that based on geography and are there any true bus trips? If there aren't bus trips, then you're flying somebody, how do we maybe mix the tournament up a little bit more so there are matchups that none of us really have ever seen before? I think people out here most don't know who Furman is. Furman has a really good program with a great tradition and history. Yeah. It'd be fun to be able to play teams like that. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the, the eight seeds go. I mean, obviously, if we're a one, eventually you're going to play probably a winner of a four or five and mm-hmm. the eight uh, uh, based just on rankings, and you'll get great teams in those lines. So, uh, literally everything can happen and does happen, so you just have to line up every week and just be ready to go and uh, and then uh, kind of take one at a time. But uh, it's going to be an interesting playoff, I think, this year. It's going to be a lot of fun, and once you get past Thanksgiving weekend, it's the top 16 teams in the country, so there really aren't gimmies, whether it's number 8, number 11, number 14, whatever it is. It's going to be a dogfight, and I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Uh, It's been just such a tremendous fall. Thanks to all our fans out there for being there supporting us. Thanks to the pride of the Dakotas, the greatest band in the country for sure, Uh, and Kevin Kessler, uh, all the people that support us, uh, our mascot, Jack, and and certainly our cheer and dance squads, uh, all the people behind the scenes that have made this season such a good one. Uh, You get stressed a little bit and pushed when you're selling out every week, and and, uh, everyone has stepped up to make it a great experience. I hope people have uh, had a blast and uh, we got a lot of football uh, left, right in front of us and going to enjoy senior day. But um, Tyler, to you and your group, telling the story when we're on the road, it's uh, it takes everybody to make it happen. But this place is really special and it's um, we should bask in it. We shouldn't take a moment to enjoy going into the Thanksgiving season. We have a lot to be thankful for. And happy Thanksgiving to you and the Cell family. And right back at you. Thank you. Justin Sell, SDSU Director of Athletics.